Hey, listeners, did you notice the new feature in the Ruffled Feathers feed where it puts our Twitter information at the end of every show notes for the last one week? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So after we uh, mentioned that on the last episode, (laughs) we don't put any information, like even in the show content. Um, No, never. (laughs) I mean, it's a 20 minute show. Are we really going to waste five minutes of the beginning and ending of every episode telling you what you're already listening to? Evidently not. <laughs> um, so I put those in the show notes for the last episode. And then I thought, oh, wait a minute. I wrote the CMS. I'll just <laughs> have it pad every episode with that. So I hope that didn't cause every episode to go redownload. <laughs> um, it didn't in Overcast or Apple Podcasts. So I think we're safe. Um, Probably. I was worried it would do that if I told the CMS to put episode numbers in the titles, <laughs> which is why those still aren't happening. And I'm not going to do them manually either. But what we're actually here to talk about, and we haven't, well, we've started a couple of sentences with so, but not the actual, you know, introduction of the topic. Uh, evidently, some tech pros have come up with the ingenious concept that you could enable people to pool their money to invest in their local communities. I know. What, a, what an idea. <laughs> also known as taxes. Um, although looking into it a little bit further um, it turns out that there uh, this is a very specific kind of tax um, namely a gentrification tax yeah so um, so that was the snarky tweet that we uh, pulled for the episode which has since been deleted so I can't quote it directly Um, dang it and that's fair because looking into it it's actually far far worse (laughs) than tech bros discovering taxes yeah, they're not actually like helping the homeless or doing anything that great. Uh, <laughs> they're not they're not setting up tutoring or distributing, I don't know, blankets or food to people who need those sorts of things. Uh, instead, they're kind of flipping houses, which is yeah, the worst. Uh, as somebody who watches a ridiculous amount of HGTV, mm-hmm. I strongly disapprove i i I enjoy watching these flipping shows but i really hate what they're actually doing it bugs the crap out of me when chip and joanna Gaines take a perfectly fine house they so they have people and they have a budget of two hundred thousand dollars so instead of helping these people find um let me let me stop you right there because that is a much better topic than the actual thing so let's just summarize that and then move on to how much we hate the idea of flipping in general okay um, <laughs> Fair enough. So to, to summarize the thing, um, they're taking properties and or spaces formerly occupied by properties that have since been demolished due to being an attractive nuisance or just dangerous and dilapidated and like the town got rid of them. Um, so they're buying up these properties in various um, conditions. And the, the they in this case is, you know, this company where you invest a minimum of $1,000. And then what it does is it builds or renovates what was there to sell at a profit. So you get a alleged guaranteed 6% ROI. Hmm. And (laughs) uh, first of all, like, so one of the biggest fallacies in like tech and VC funding and all of that crap is the whole, if you build it, they will come idea. Instead of, you know, 
actually doing some market research and seeing what demand is actually there. And Detroit is not doing well for a number of reasons. And the last thing it needs is any housing that was more expensive than the um, prices on these dilapidated structures. Yeah. It's not that people... It's not solely that there aren't nice enough houses no. for rich people to move to Detroit. These are houses being reclaimed by nature. Like you can buy a mansion in okay condition for like $200,000 or you can buy a fabulous mansion in really bad condition for like 250,000. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's really bad. Um So, yeah, there's just Detroit has a lot of problems and I don't know how to solve them, but this is, <laughs> this is at a later stage in the game. Yeah. Like this, you know, you have to, I mean, as progressives, of course, this is the stance we're going to take, but the rising tide has to lift all boats. If you're going to, it's like, if you want to say solve housing as the piece of the puzzle you think is going to help, then it's not something you're going to be able to do at a profit. No. That's kind of antithetical right. <laughs> to the idea of helping people. You can't, I'm sorry, but there's usually not much of a profit in helping people. Okay, there's no profit in helping people who need help. There's yeah. plenty of profit mm -hmm. in helping people, as we've said again and again on this show, helping people who don't need the help. Helping the rich is always very profitable. Mm -hmm. So if they think that's what they're going to do, they're wrong. <laughs> like, Yeah, if, if, if they were reinventing taxes then, you know, at least the rising tide will be that, um, you know, uh, the like, say, uh, the idea is to do this one block at a time, because I imagine these lots are $1,000 a piece at this point. Probably. Um, you know, then you've created one nice neighborhood, and hopefully it stays nice. And as you move on to other neighborhoods, as long as you're not outright gentrifying, you know, and you're allowing, you know, the black people to move back into these houses... <laughs> Yeah. Mm. Then, yes, that rising tide is, you know, that everyone's standard of living has gone up as long as you don't keep anyone out of it. Um, yeah. And keeping people out of it, now we'll go off on flipping. Excellent. Fabulous. Okay. So my big problem with Chip and Joanna Gaines, well, other than the one time I was watching an early episode and they had their kid, like, standing right next to a table saw and... He uh, put his hands over his ears and he wasn't wearing any kind of eye protection while Chip, who is also not wearing any kind of eye protection, slides a piece of cedar through his table saw, which was fabulously dangerous. I posted it on our OSHA <laughs> on Reddit um, and I got some points from that because it was nice. just like, oh, oh, yeah, tell <laughs> the kid to cover his ears. Right. Yeah. That's the most important thing when your kid's face is like a couple like maybe a foot or two away from your table saw very safe um <laughs> but my my biggest problem <laughs> is that they'll they'll have a couple and it's always straight people i've i don't think i've ever seen a gay couple on um uh, what do they call it fixer upper probably because chip and joanna no they're on the waterfront show that i watch yeah i've <laughs> se i've definitely seen plenty of gay people on other hgtv shows but not, but not this one not the Gaineses who are like 
super Christian. Gee, I wonder if that's related. Hmm. But my, so my third biggest problem with them (laughs) (laughs) is that they'll take a couple of heterosexual people, generally white, not always. Occasionally they'll throw in some non-white people. Um, And they'll have a budget of, say, $200,000. And instead of finding them a $200,000 house that meets their needs, they will find them a $100,000 house, put their other $100,000 into renovating it to meet their needs, um, and then create gentrification. They've, they've, uh, and this isn't, it generally isn't the case where they'll pick, like, I mean, sometimes they'll take the ugliest house in the neighborhood and just bring it up to match the value of the houses around it. But very often they just take like a regular house that belongs at whatever price it is and they'll bump it up into a different bracket because these people have more money. And I just, I just, that makes me so uncomfortable. You and I, so you are, you know, the tail end of millennial, but um, (laughs) our generation is basically screwed out of home ownership, and you know, unless they are in the unlikely scenario of you know, you and your husband's income bracket. Although you haven't started shopping yet, um, no, and we have nothing saved for a down payment. <laughs> right, and even if you did, like the neighborhood you're in, like thirty percent would. Oh no, thirty percent would be that one to two hundred thousand. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, there's no way I can. I probably even. Um, in our current income bracket, I don't think we could buy in the neighborhood we're currently renting in. Uh, also, individuals can't buy these houses. They get bought pretty much instantly by companies who knock them down and build a McMansion. And it's kind of the same thing. Or or sometimes it'll be an individual who comes in and knocks it down. So they take this uh, perfectly serviceable house, knock it down, um, thus depriving somebody who could only afford see this is my biggest problem like when the Gaineses take that two hundred thousand dollar couple and buy them a hundred thousand dollar house they are denying that house to somebody who could only afford a hundred thousand dollars and that sucks yeah you know it's like um one of the biggest problems in this country right now that um is being ignored because it's sort of bubbly and uncomfortable to think about mm-hmm. um is that we have a housing glut and shortage at the same time because it depends because of you know all this flipping that occurred you know in the uh, late turn of the century um until now so we have all of these houses that start at 800k that are on <laughs> you know a tenth of an acre take up all of that tenth of an <laughs> acre <laughs> yeah like our lot is fairly large and our house is about the width of it, but there's a there's a large backyard. But you look at these McMansions that they're building and it's basically the whole lot. It there's is like, it is what the zoning will permit. There's a skirt of grass around it and yeah. that's it. And sometimes there are projections like a bay window or something or you know, overhanging that <laughs> that little skirt of grass. Have you ever tried to mow one of those, by the way? <laughs> No. <laughs> it seems horrible, though. <laughs> I guess if you can afford to live there, though, you just hire someone. Yeah, I don't think anybody yeah. in this neighborhood mows their own lawn. <sighs> I certainly don't intend to. <laughs> I mean, I don't own this house, and I would never own this house. Right. But I also... The, the main reason I don't want to mow my own lawn, to be honest, is the deer crap that I know is in my backyard. <laughs> oh, yeah, and you get to aerosolize and breathe that. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. And it's terrible that I intend to subject somebody else to that. I mean, I don't know for sure that there's deer crap. Yes, but there, there is. Enough... <laughs> there is. 
Okay, I I promise there is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I I'm yeah. It seems incredibly likely. <laughs> but yeah, no um, housing. The, just housing just really ruffles my feathers because I'm someone who would like to stop renting. I've been doing it for ten years now, um, <laughs> and in my town, it's not possible. I can't get a better deal than renting by buying. And you know, uh, and every time I go to a family thing, I have the previous generation telling me I'm throwing money away renting, despite the fact that. You know, I can't get anything less for less than, you know, half a million dollars in this town. And the property taxes alone would be what I'm paying in rent now. So I'd be pissing away, you know, that much money. Just, you know, in uh, I wouldn't gain anything. Yeah. That was one of the weird things about Schenectady is that it, for a very sort of depressed, maybe this isn't surprising, but it was surprising to me, <laughs> for a very depressed area that the property taxes were really high. Like you'd look at these, you'd there's this fabulous mansion and it's $250,000 because it's in Schenectady and the weather's horrible. Right. Um, and you're like, wow, what a deal. But then my friend pointed out to me, oh yeah, check the property taxes. And it's significant for uh, like a... a, a a worse house in Schenectady costs significantly more in property taxes than a house in Niskuna, which is right next door. And the weather's equally terrible in both places. <laughs> and the schools are better in Niskayuna. So I, I don't know what was up with that. So it's really sad. Like these gorgeous historical homes in Schenectady are going to have some trouble finding buyers just because of the property taxes. Yeah. So my town has high property tax uh so property tax is interesting because it's it's the only tax a town has, pretty much. Yeah. Because any time they attempt to do a school referendum, it's always voted down. And <laughs> this is something we should have talked more about on our Apple event episode about how iPads are funded for schools or, right. or not. Um, but property taxes significantly go to education because referendums are always voted down. Right. Um, you know, despite the affluence of the area. So my town, the taxes are um, an astronomical 6%, but the uh, the tax assessment value of all the homes are like literally half their market value. And their market value is so high because, you know, we're walking distance from Rutgers. Um, mm. And you get this sort of, you know, just... Well, basically, like this circle of bullshit where like, <laughs> um, you know, the, the, the tax number is 6% and because the houses are small and the lots are small, the mm -hmm. tax assessed values are, you know, like 120 on these houses that are going for 400 plus. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, like, it's just, it's just. You can never no sell that. Well, just nothing means anything anymore. Yeah, it's. There's it such a, a wide disconnect. Thing. And on the one hand, so I am all for schools being funded, Absolutely. obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Hence my desire for massive federal communism right. <laughs> with respect to our schools. Um, and I grew up in a district that had, you know, it was also New Jersey. It was the property taxes were high. The houses were crappy. <laughs> the houses were small. Yeah. Um, but the schools were really good. I went to good schools when I uh, through, uh, up through sixth grade. And then I moved to Hawaii, lol. Um, yeah. And went, so, went to Hawaii public school system. Uh, budget crunches. So I was um, a little uh, on the uh, inside for my high school at the time just because I was part of uh, some things that were like only grant funded. 
And despite the money we didn't have for oh so many things, um, I could never say things like, you know, the school closed on Fridays because we only had four days of salary mm. or um, the weather outside resembled the weather inside. <laughs> yeah. In Hawaii, um, every student had to work in the cafeteria, like serving wow. food to the other students. And it was really weird because um, on the one hand, the, the school lunches were really inexpensive and the kids who were on cafeteria duty, whichever, they would pick like one, you know, each class of students would do a day in the cafeteria. Um, so the lunch was cheap, but like not, I don't know, it seemed like the liability <laughs> would be a problem, <laughs> but I guess it never really came up. Uh, we didn't have that in New Jersey. We had lunch ladies to do right. all of the serving, and they generally were lunch ladies. I don't think I ever saw a male uh, person working in the cafeteria. Right. We definitely had all the basics covered. Um, the only thing we ran out of money for was, uh, like, sports, and we handled all of that with various, uh, like, fundraising events. Right. Um, so, like, I remember in band, we had a ton of fundraising um, that we did periodically, not just selling chocolate and oranges but like um <laughs> uh like tricky tray auctions and crap like that and um mm. uh stuff we did in combination with the football team and cheerleaders for a pep band like um like spaghetti dinners and crap like that and you're mostly just milking the moms that are already involved for more money but <laughs> you know it it is it is what you gotta do yeah we had that too you know i i, I sold band candy totally uh, the I nice ate thing about candy. Yeah, I did sell some of it to myself, but yeah. I, was, I I knew that my mom couldn't afford like a ton of band candy because because my mom was a teacher at the time making ridiculously low public school Hawaii right. public school teacher wages. I don't think they're the lowest in the nation. I think they're about middle of the pack uh, lowness, which sucks for a place that's so very expensive to live, and it's why they have major retention problems. But mm. once again, my solution of federal communist schools right. doesn't seem likely, uh, certainly not in the current administration. And I think I guess we need to uh, probably socialize our health care, and then we can work on socializing our schools, because on the one I mean, people are dying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're both important, but... Healthcare is definitely the more immediate need to implement our communist agenda. <laughs> so I kind of, I, I, you know, I can't really frown hard enough at these tech bros who, how can they guarantee a 6% return unless they're literally going to use their angel funding <laughs> to pay back these in, small investments? Yeah, like, the like, funny thing about that is like, that's like the actual definition of a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I don't understand <laughs> how that could possibly work. Yeah. I, you know, so many times these, these tech bros, like, they, they are so smart, according to themselves, but they don't really think things through, you know? Like, they have this wonderful idea, but within five minutes, you can sit them down and be like, okay, wait, what about... And there's always something like most of the time it's what about the horrible, you know, abuse that's going to happen on your right. platform? In this case, it's what about the fact that that's a Ponzi scheme or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> doomed to failure? One or the well, both probably. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it really it really comes down to, um, well, first of all, 
Um, so the current startup culture hasn't changed too much in the last 10 years, which is it's still the Zuckerberg <laughs> era of any white dropout can present his idea right. and make billions. And we still allow computer science um, to be separate from engineering and not require ethics. We still require all of this without a license, which requires mm -hmm. education and ethics. Um, the weed out culture in universities keeps this 90% white dudes and the remaining 9% of that 10 is dudes on H-1B visas <laughs> and there's only 1% women. So there's just horrible diversity. And mm -hmm. when you have no diversity, you don't have anyone challenging anything other than, you know, your white middle upper crust backgrounds. Right. And this is the diversity of thought that they want. They're like, exactly. well, we're all white, but some of us are bigger assholes than others. <laughs> <laughs> and that's diversity. And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's super not. Yeah. Like, it, it's like when I um, turned down that interview from the uh, uh, Fortune 100 redacted who's in New Jersey, um, <laughs> who tried to sell me on diversity being that they have people who graduated from Rutgers and Princeton. <laughs> they could have at least gone for, you know, Penn State, <laughs> you know, at least go 50 miles away. Yeah. I think it's 200, but but anyway. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. More than, let's go with more than 50 miles away. Is Penn State in Pittsburgh or where the hell is that? Well, it's in central PA, but PA is pretty damn big. Yeah, PA is really wide. Yeah. I never appreciated how wide New York was until... It's exactly like, one PA wide. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. And I was like, oh, I'll be closer to Brian. I could maybe visit them. And I looked at, oh, Buffalo's three hours away. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I've still never met Brian in person. I've never met Joe in person for that matter. Yeah, we'll, we'll fix that at some point. Yeah, I want to take the Acela. Someday I will take the Acela up <laughs> yeah. and I will meet your cats and also you. Oh, you know, that's a maybe we'll do that uh, later um, because Amtrak just did this thing that's really annoying. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> We have thoughts about trains. We always have thoughts, we always about, have trains. thoughts about trains. <laughs>